The Nets lose in embarrassing fashion to the Memphis Grizzlies in Summer League action. Third game of the Summer League for the Nets. Really did not show up to play outside of Cam Thomas. It was not a great performance. Uh, You could see it basically from the jump. Memphis outclassed them in nearly every way. Going to talk about Cam Thomas. Going to talk about this Nets performance. Going to see if it means anything for the team moving forward. Going to get into all of that. But first, the theme music. You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Nets podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team, the Brooklyn Nets, every single day. I am Doug Norrie, owner and operator of DFSR.com. If you need projections for FanDuel and or DraftKings, or you need some betting advice as well, head on over to DFSR.com. Got you covered over there. No Adam Armbrecht. You know him as the voice of the on the one giant podcast with his boy Andy Mack. He is out of pocket today. That's cool. We'll roll solo on this one. Thanks for making Locked On Nets your first listen of the day. Free and available on all platforms. YouTube as well. Keep leaving those comments on YouTube. Much appreciated. Always love to just go mix it up over there. Get some feedback. Get to see here where we did it right, where we did it wrong. Go subscribe to YouTube uh, as well. Coming at you following the 120-84 to loss by the Brooklyn Nets to the Memphis Grizzlies in the third Summer League game of the season for Brooklyn. Memphis, they, they're going to be part of Summer League history here in that Memphis ended up tying the most points for a Summer League game with 120. Probably had a chance to beat it. was going to look like they were going to beat it. Uh, then kind of stalled out on two possessions sort of down the stretch, ended up tying it with five seconds left. So you get a little infamy going with the Nets when it comes to the amount of points that they allowed <laughs> in in overall action. And you can kind of see it coming. You can kind of see this game unfolding this way. The Nets were outclassed in nearly every facet of the game. We'll talk about some of those issues, whether we think those are long-term problems or not. Maybe you think they're long-term problems for this Nets organization. Is it a sign of coaching? It is a systematic problem. Has some of the Nets struggles here during the summer league? Does it, does it, you know, does it lend itself to thinking about organizationally that the problem here, or is this just summer league games and the Nets, you know, aren't really a young team. They're not an up and coming team. They don't have tons of young talent because that's sort of the trajectory that they've been on. But, you know, so you can kind of look at it one of two ways. Uh, either way, they clearly did not show up for this one. We're completely blown out by the time it was over. And really the only bright spot for the Nets, and it's kind of been the case through Summer League so far, is Cam Thomas. And I guess now's a good time to talk about Cam Thomas a little bit more because one thing we didn't address after the last game was Cam Thomas was asked after his performance on Sunday Sort of something along the lines of Steve Nash wanting him to be more of a playmaker and sort of maybe like he Steve Nash didn't ask him this. You know, the the post-game interview was asked and Cam Thomas sort of rolled his eyes and at the question. And there was a there was a feeling, I think, among Nets folks that this was Cam Thomas sort of disrespecting Steve Nash or disrespecting the idea that Steve Nash wanted him to be something better because Thomas effectively answered something, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Kind of saying, well, that's, 
you know, if you want to interpret it one way, you say, well, that's Thomas in sort of saying to him, you know, this, I am just the player that I am. And if you don't like the player that I am, that's just, this is who I am. I'm a scorer and that's what it is. The other way to look at it, it was just kind of, you know, he's caught in a moment sort of post game. He had a really good game. And all of a sudden someone's asking him about like, you know, for him to be sort of a different kind of player and Thomas. And I think we've seen it before. He's a pretty relaxed guy. I think he's like decently nonchalant. He's clearly not a rah-rah guy. No one would call him an energy guy in terms of emotion and in terms of histrionics. He kind of just goes out there, does his thing, has kind of unchanged around the way he performs on the basketball court. I think we've seen a little bit of growth. I'm going to get into some things that he did in this game that I thought were good and um, overall. But if we look at that comment, I think that comment comes in the in the purported eye roll. I've watched the video a ton of times. It's like not totally clear that it was a huge eye roll. I did not personally have a huge issue with the overall comments that he made, mostly because I think it's just a post game thing and not everyone has perfectly curated answers, especially when it's a question that maybe you don't see coming. Because a lot of times these questions are, you know, what did you think about the game? What were you looking for? You know, how do you feel about that performance? Stuff like that. Not necessarily questions about, you know, should you be a different player or should you, you know, should you alter your game here if you really want to make it at the NBA level? So I, it's hard to fault him for maybe being thrown a bit of a curveball in that situation. But in terms of, you know, so so if we look at Cam Thomas like as a player like that, if we watch how he played last year, I think in some ways the part where he kind of just, I wouldn't call it standoffish, he just seems like kind of like a quieter guy. But he also is a, seems like a supremely confident guy. And we saw this sometimes with his interactions with Kevin Durant last season where Durant would really get on him in, in a good-natured sort of coaching you up, helping you kind of way. Thomas sort of seemed unfazed by those situations, especially where you know KD was like, you got to shoot and you got to do this. Let's go. Come on. I think some rookies and some younger guys would have been really intimidated by a situation like that, and it didn't really appear that Cam Thomas was. And I think sometimes the same confidence – that he brings or this sort of like laid back confidence that he has. And then combined with a comment like this about Steve Nash or, you know, an eye roll or something like that can, you can interpret it a couple different ways, but it's easy to see why Nets fans and Nets folks would interpret it in a negative way because of all the negativity around the team. Now, if this was a question that was asked of a different guy in a different situation, and he had sort of that kind of reaction, I think they, it would have been a laughed off moment. It would have just been, hey, he's just kind of laughing it off. He's rolling his eyes a little bit. He just came off a good game. But because of the situation the Nets are in right now, you can't really interpret things like that because it all feels kind of like a mess. KD's asking out. Kyrie might be gone. Questions about whether Nash should be the coach moving forward. Questions about what this team is even going to look like going forward. Haven't seen Ben Simmons. Obviously, like the list goes on and on with the Nets. So then when you take a question like this to Cam Thomas and then – graft on all of the other issues that the Nets have had you start to tell yourself a story about well the you know the players are out on Nash Cam doesn't like Nash and stuff like that which I don't really think is the case I don't think that's I don't I, I it's hard to it's hard I don't think you can interpret that from that interaction I think if anything we just know at this point Cam Thomas is the kind of player that he is He's a shoot-first guy. He wants to take a ton of shots. The usage rate has been off the charts for Summer League. We kind of knew that was coming. We wanted to see some growth in certain areas. I think to some degree we have a little bit. I don't think it's been huge leaps, but there are positives you can take away from this situation. But I just wanted to rewind about like this Cam Thomas experience and talk about that Nash thing because we didn't really touch on it. And then we see that Thomas goes out 
and kind of plays the game that he was going to play in this one. Now they get throttled, but I think we can take a couple positives away, and I will go into some positives with Cam Thomas here in a second. But it is one of those situations where this game, like you get the you get the Cam Thomas quotes at the end of last game. Then you get this game where they get completely throttled by Memphis, who outclassed them, like I said, in nearly every uh, part or facet of basketball <laughs> that can happen on the court. And then you get all this other stuff that's happening. You start to tell yourself a really negative story, and you can start feeling down about the situation as a whole. So I think that's kind of where we are with Cam Thomas. I do want to talk about some positives I saw in his game uh, this evening, combined with some stuff that we saw last game as well. Talk about why, you know, know, we talked a, a bit about him in the last podcast, but why there's probably still some reason for optimism around his all around stuff and how it's going to translate that we definitely saw here. Then I got to get to some of the negatives that we saw in this game too, because man, there was a ton. Oh baby. We can talk about the roster here. We can talk about what it means for the future of the team. We can talk about how, if there's going to be a situation where they need to rebuild, this might not be the group to do it for. So I definitely want to get into all that as well. First, going to talk to you about our friends over at Rock Auto. You know these guys, we've been talking about Rock Auto for a while now. Maybe you're a do-it-yourselfer, you're like to get under the hood, like to watch a YouTube video here and there to see if you can fix the car yourself. I've been down this road before, got the AC going in the car one time, felt like I'd absolutely conquered the world thanks to my friends over at Rock Auto because it makes it super easy. They make it super easy to find the part that you need for every make and model of car out there and truck, Rock Auto has you covered there. You're going to get better prices than the local chains as well, 30 or even 50% better. Forget about going to the dealership for your parts, folks. You can't even do it. Don't even just, if you're doing that right now, you got to change your habits. You got to get into Rock Auto. It's a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years now. The prices are reliably low for every single customer, so you're not worried about getting gouged at some of those local places. Their website's super easy as well. Like I said, make, model, part, it's all there for you. Super easy, not intimidating. Go to rockauto.com right now. You see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection and reliably low prices. All the parts your car or truck will ever need. Rockauto.com. All right. So with this Thomas performance, this is, you know, right now the state of the summer league has basically been the Cam Thomas usage train that we I was hoping to not see it because I wanted to, you know, see some other, see him get other players involved, see maybe some growth from other scorers. I think what we've learned over three games so far is the Nets just really don't have those guys on the roster. I think that there has been a something of a concentrated effort by Cam early in these games to try to look in different directions. I thought early in this game he easily could have had three assists, there were three to four assists in the first quarter plus where he had actually really nice looks and reads, um, where he got out of the double team on a pick and roll pretty quickly, where Memphis had kind of overcommitted. There was another drive and, and dump that he had under the basket that was blown by Daron Sharp. Uh, and then there was another kick out that he really made the nice a nice read on. Also, all three of those probably should have been makes. They were all misses. And then when you look at the end of the game, he's played 27 minutes and he only has three assists. Had seven assists last game. I do think that seeing that from him early in the game is a positive. It was definitely, there was clearly, he was he was getting double teamed. They were showing action at him. That's smart by Memphis if they want to practice defensive schemes where the other team basically has one scorer. He did see a lot of help defense. And at, at least early on, 
Cam wanted to pass out of it and was not, I wouldn't say committed to passing out of it, but was making the correct reads, I thought. There was no four shots. He really didn't even look to be drawing fouls. Had some misses early, so he wasn't exactly efficient. But I did think that part of his game was like kind of translating, and it did seem like he was like, okay, playmaking, make the right read, even if the guys don't make it. This is still the correct basketball play to make. I don't need to jack up shots in the double team. I don't need to force the issue here. We've seen that already, and that's what happened early. But I think what what ends up happening with him, and I can't blame him for this at all, is at some point you have to say no one else on this team can score. This Nets roster is not filled with with on-ball guys who are like super dynamic when it comes to range. Some of them are decently athletic. But they, you know, in terms of just pure scorers, he's basically the only one. If you look around, even among the starters, like I've been impressed with David Duke Jr. He's getting to the rack. He's the energy is definitely there. He's not really a scorer. And then forget about the rest of the guys. Raekwon Gray, Raekwon, Raekwon Gray, nope. Kessler Edwards, obviously not. Daron Sharp, they've been trying to go into the post with him a little bit. Um, into some post actions, which I kind of hate watching, but I get why they're doing it. He's actually dribbled the ball a decent amount and tried to play a little, you know, playmaker himself. But in general, these guys are just not dynamic scorers. So at the end of the day, when you're playing just an actual basketball game and the goal is to win, and all these summer league teams are trying to win, they're trying to play these games like real basketball games. Kudos to them. It does not seem like an exhibition. Seems like sort of high stakes, high intensity, want to win, you saw the Memphis guys on the uh, on the bench today. Like Ja was there, Desmond Bain was there. They're going nuts when it looks like they can set the record. Like these feel like real games. So when you play them like real games, if you're Cam Thomas, at some point you have to say to yourself, "Hey, I have to score. Nobody else can score. These guys can't." In terms of NBA action, they're not creators. They are not dynamic offensive players. They don't even have tons of range. At, at some point, I just have to look around and say, "I can keep passing, but like for what? What's the point?" Why would I even bother? So that's when the default stuff starts to come back in, and he's kind of just forces the action. To his credit, over the course of these three summer league games, it's mostly worked. He's gotten to the line a ton, a ton over these games. He went to the line, uh, let's see, 15 times, uh, 12 times, and 13 times in his first three games. Uh, he took 17 shots, then 23 shots, then 19 shots. That's from the field. That's a crazy usage rate. And I've actually look at what he's been doing on the court compared to actually very few turnovers, five total turnovers in those first three games. That's a, that's a pretty welcome sign. The turn, it's easier to not turn the ball over a ton when you're not really passing and forcing bad passes. So as long as you're not getting stripped or whatever, you're not going to turn the ball over. But he has been at least careful with the ball that way. And the efficiency when you count in the free throw percentage is actually pretty good because going 15 for 15 last game, 11 for 13 this game, like the scoring numbers do look pretty efficient overall. You go through some bad stretches with him. Three-point shot still kind of seems to be a problem at times. But in general, I would say to defend Cam Thomas here, it's hard to blame him for what he's doing in these summer league games. If you were him, wouldn't you do the same thing? You would take every shot too. Hey, we gave you a chance. Raekwon Gray, you got a couple chances. It's just not working. Kessler, you're not a playmaker. That's not happening. David Duke Jr., fine. You want to get try to get to the rack a few times, take a few threes. You're the next best option. You know, he took David Duke Jr. took 12 shots in this game. Fine. We, we can make that work. But in general, I can see totally why this is happening. 
Will it come at the expense of some of like the play, like the growth for some of these other guys? Yeah, t- for sure. Except who's actually like who realistically is going to be on making like Nets moves this year? Who's going to be effectively on the roster? Who's going to see any real playing time? It's hard to make a case for really any of these guys outside of Thomas and Kessler, and I'm really only basing that on last year, not really at all on the summer league play, which has been rough. Okay, so like Kessler, I'm giving the benefit of the doubt because we saw him at the NBA level last year, but if it was just based on this summer league performance, you'd be hard-pressed to make a great case for him on an NBA level. But again, benefit of the doubt, fine. He'll, he'll probably be somewhere in the rotation. David Duke Jr., we saw it in flashes. Maybe he gets another cup of coffee here once or twice. That can happen. Dayron, if they don't sign another center here shortly, probably, he might end up getting a lot more run because they just don't have really any big bodies outside of him and Claxton. So maybe just by default, Sharp is the backup center, short of another move happening here. Again, I'm going with whatever the current the current version of the roster here is. It just is what it is at this point. You know, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are still technically on the roster. They traded for DeAndre Ayton tomorrow. Obviously, the whole thing changes. But the like, what I'm saying is, if you look up and down this this Nets summer league roster, like, where are you feeling good about real NBA talent? I, I can't really see it. Like, what have you seen from anybody else on this roster? I, I've seen nothing. Gray has been poor at best. You know, for summer league action, the the bench guys, Alondis Williams has shown that he can't really still shoot been some nice defensive plays here and there some nice looks at times probably doesn't have the full bag Noah Kirkwood I'm not really seeing it uh uh the rest of these guys uh Eves Ponds not really Moore Williams like this just not really this is not really something that's that's happening for the Nets and so like it's hard to get excited about anything that's happening with the team and then I think that that lack of excitement kind of trickles down to a guy like Cam who just looks around and says, you know, thanks, but no thanks. I think I'll just jack some shots because that's our best chance to win. I can at least keep looking pretty good. Obviously, whenever the announcers are getting it, like he's done this every game during not basically now for his entire summer league career where he's been able to score kind of at will. And everyone, you know, that's announcing the game that's pretty impressed with it. And we are too. And we just kind of now are hoping for another maturation. But in some ways, it's just going to be almost impossible for that to happen when it comes to the summer league team, just because this summer league team doesn't have the horses to really keep up with the kind of game that he's playing. And that's really where we are at this point. Want to talk just real quick, run down some of these other uh, summer league guys. If there's anything that we can graft onto at all uh, before heading into the season, uh, we'll get, into <laughs> I'll tell you right now, it's like, it doesn't look all that promising. Going to talk to you about our for friends over at betonline.net. Your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news. Again, they're running through Major League Baseball all during this season. Obviously, they're going to be prepped and ready for football as well. That's where betonline.net is really going to kill it. If you want to try to get into some of these NBA futures, maybe you don't like looking at it. Boston Celtics plus 600 right now at BetOnline. you got to really scroll down for the Nets plus 2,200. They're right, right there with the Raptors, right there with the Nuggets, right there with the Mavs. Might think that's a little high. Maybe you think there's value because it's too low because the KD thing gets worked out. I don't know. Probably a little wishful thinking. BetOnline.net has you covered for all this stuff. You head on over to BetOnline.net. You learn about all the trends. You learn about all the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right. Just to finish this thing off here with just, just, you know, it's Summer League. I get it. We're not going to make any grand announcements about the team. 
typically the worse the team, the better the summer league team is. That's not a perfect one-to-one, but that often happens because teams that are in rebuilding mode just sort of have a a plethora of young talent. You get some second-year players that maybe saw a bunch of NBA action last year. Like, you know, you have a bunch of young guys that teams want to get run for because they want to see how they work. Sometimes you guys see from these young teams, you see guys that are completely overqualified to be in summer league. Josh Giddy, a really good example of a guy who like, does he really need to be in summer league right now? Probably not, but he's getting run. Looks pretty good. These, these are some of the guys he might be playing with for a long time. Maybe he's there to help Chet. Like you can kind of see it. Houston's, you know, been really exciting to watch. Obviously the magic have been exciting to watch because they have young borderline or up and coming superstar talent. So there is a one-to-one on the more, typically the more exciting, the summer league team, the, the worse, the actual team, right? Because, the be- if you're a really, really great NBA team, you have a bunch of superstars or really good role players, and they're just guys aren't just going to play summer league. So from that point of view, trying to evaluate the future of a team based on summer league, we can kind of say if they're awesome, super dynamic, they're packing the gym, it's probably because the team is, again, headed for the lottery next season. Okay, does that mean we can feel great? About the Nets Summer League team? Oh, great. The Nets Summer League team has looked pretty rough outside of Cam and a few other shiny moments here and there. Well, not really because the team is in such a place of transition that it's super hard uh, to get excited about. So this would have been a nice year to have you know some exciting stuff happen in Summer League for the Nets because the tenor around the team right now is so, is so negative that you kind of do look to this and think, hey, maybe we are going to need some of these guys for the future. Maybe we are going to need some of these guys down the road. Maybe we're going to have to rely on a Raekwon Gray or, I mean, I've already talked about Thomas at length, or a David Duke Jr. at some point. They probably won't because of the way things are going to shake out. But I can totally understand about why you would look at it that way because it's hard to look at at the actual team and feel a, a ton of great stuff about it. And so that's kind of where we are. I was also noticing the lack of maybe support in terms of Nets players. I know Ben Simmons was there. Uh, I don't think he was there at this game. Royce O'Neal obviously was there watching. We saw Claxton there for the first game. I didn't, I mean, I watched the whole game. Maybe I missed a cameo by a Nets player. Tell me if I'm wrong about that. I don't think I saw any Nets guys. I'd love to be wrong about that one. So leave a comment on YouTube if I am. But you know, when you see Ja, when you see Desmond Bain and these guys jumping up and down, and you don't see a ton of net support, it does look a little bit weird. Obviously, we know KD's not going to come. Kyrie was at Summer League, did not seem like he was hanging out with Nets guys, although I could be wrong about that one. Um, but in general, it just hasn't seemed like this has been also a rah-rah team in terms of like what's happening here with Summer League. So we're in a situation where when you then look at this team and you look at even you know some of these up-and-coming guys that we wanted to dream on, I really wanted to dream on Alondis Williams, haven't really seen much. Kind of like some of the movement I saw out of Donovan Williams early in the first game. Looks super smooth and fluid. They haven't really leaned on him. He's obviously very skinny. Um, would need to put on a bunch of size to be really effective. I thought, based on kind of what I saw just from eye test stuff in the first game, that we would see more minutes from him. It hasn't really materialized. Kirkwood hasn't really materialized. It does seem like they're just committed to the five that they have in terms of the starters because those guys are probably the closest in all-around game. And that makes sense. Get those guys the most run. These are the guys that like are most likely to maybe see some action. I think like with Cam Thomas will definitely see some action. Kessler Edwards too. And maybe they're just signaling that like, hey, the rest of these guys, this is just sort of filling out the roster at this point. And, you know, maybe this just isn't what's going to happen for a lot of this, like a lot of this group. And that could end up being the case. 
Like maybe that just ends up being the case. Sometimes that just happens. The Nets didn't have much to do in anything of anything to do in the draft this year. So they're just testing some guys out, seeing if anything sticks. It sure doesn't look to be the case, but man, does it feel not like an amazing situation when you see it. Because we're just kind of like we're in this mode now where I think a lot of Nets fans, me included, when you're in this like when you're in this like middle ground, when you're in this like I can't think of the word now. <laughs> when you're uh, when you're just like don't really know where you're going. When you feel like hey, it doesn't seem like we're a championship team. It doesn't seem like we're a lottery team because we can't be. It'd be nice to think about us like growing for the future, but it's hard to see how that's going to happen right now under the uh, a purgatory. Jeez, I couldn't think of the word. It feels like they're in purgatory where you don't know what the future with KD looks like. It would be nice to look to this group and say to yourself, oh man, that's something I can really hang on to. That's a guy that I can really dream about. That's a guy who I can see kind of playing like, you know, good playoff basketball. Maybe for some of you, that's Cam. I don't know if it is for me at this point, but maybe for you, it could be. And I could see that. I don't think I'm totally there for it yet, but at some point, maybe. I'll tell you, he's the only one that's even close, though. Because when you really look at a lot of these other guys, it's so much easier to see the flaws. It's so much easier to see sort of the cracks in the system. And then you look at how they get blown out in this game. They get crushed in transition. Crushed in transition by the Grizzlies. Grizzlies kill them on the boards, too. 37 to 20. 37 rebounds for the, for the Grizzlies. 20 for the Nets in here. Got back cut to death. Got outspaced to death let me you know it was just it's just this is like kind of what it was I mean Memphis ended up shooting 50% from three I'll tell you right now a lot of those were open looks a lot of the spacing a lot of the ball movement that Memphis had that seemed like it was born out of a system that they're really trying to develop with their players Taylor Jenkins was interviewed during the game it seems like you know they're they have a top-down system that wants to bring everyone on board along the same sort of ideas they were definitely running set plays they were definitely running set offense at times and it just showed it was just completely outclassed and that's the other reason you get kind of worried about the situation. It's like, hey, what's really happening here? Outside of just the Cam Thomas show, is there a ton of other stuff going? Is there a ton of other coaching happen? Or is it just a talent issue? It could just be a talent issue. could just be, hey, Memphis is like one of those tweener teams right now that is like weirdly super young and on the up and coming. So, and they just end up having some of these guys because they are, they're on a, like a slightly different timeline. But again, like they're, they, they kind of like, outkicked what their expectation last year in terms of their age uh, progression. So like, maybe that's just it. Maybe it's just out talent, but it just felt like more than that. It felt like not only did they have more talent, it felt like they were like, there was more stuff maybe happening behind the scenes too. And that takes us back to that eye roll from Cam Thomas at the beginning that I mentioned, which I said is more is nothing, but maybe there is something here. Maybe this does signal some other greater, you know, organizational problem that I'm underselling that I'm, that I'm saying it's like, Oh, it's no big deal because it's lack of talent. But maybe at some point you're, you should be your organization that even with lack of talent, like you're still really, really competing. Yeah, they did a first couple games too. So maybe I'm just overstating it. But this is like, this just all speaks to like where we are with this weirdness around the nuts right now. It's a super weird situation and the summer league's been no different. So we'll go into the next game. Hopefully they get, you know, a little bit of a turnaround. Hopefully they're able to, you know, get some other guys into this action. Maybe we can see something from some of these other dudes. It sounds like I'm a little down on the nets right now. It's just because, hey, in some ways, maybe this summer league action is mirroring a lot of what's actually happening with the team. Um, Adam and I will be back tomorrow. We're going to get more into, we'll see you know, if anything is developed on the trade front. We'll talk a little bit more about the youth movement here. We'll talk a little bit about like where we could see the Kevin Durant thing going. Got a ton of responses about the K- 
Katie and, and Gobert sort of comp about where they are with the trade stuff. Really appreciate everyone that jumped in on that. Make sure you subscribe over on YouTube. Just hit subscribe. They're seeing that they're trying to get to 3,000 subscribers before the season starts. Think we're going to get there pretty easily, but be part of the group that helps us do it. Make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts as well. Free and available on all platforms. Adam's the king of the quotes. So I'll just say that he is one of the all-time great American poets. And we will be back again tomorrow talking more Brooklyn Nets basketball.